mother says he was a normal happy boy until he became obsessed with black metal music. Rock and roll! Sounds like Christian Rick. Heavy metal music. The group promotes satanic worship. They're anti-peace and anti-life. So I went to my local shop today to buy some AA batteries because my, my wireless mouse had run out of battery. Is that actually sure that's what it's for, Josh? Yeah, mm. I'm sure. Anyway, I go in and I, I get myself a, um, a cream soda. Oh, yeah. And I say, can I have some AA batteries, please? And it's like this old guy who runs the shop. <sighs> and he goes and gets them. He comes up to me and he like, I like put my hand to get them. And he puts his hand. And I think he's given them to me. So I go to grab them and he like snaps it away. And I, I like laugh. And I thought it was a joke. I tried to grab it off him again. <laughs> And then he, <laughs> like, kind of moved his hand away again and then scanned it. And that's why he was holding them. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. You oh, thought he was right. playing a game with you? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God, no, sorry. I, 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 and I was trying to, like, explain. How do you explain and that? I, he, like, he, like, wasn't listening at all. And like, oh, there was dear. the barrier. I don't think he'd even hear so me. And he I, reached I, through the barrier. Oh, my God. <laughs> snatched them out of his hands. It was not my finest moment. I paid for all of them, so I didn't commit any crime, te- so, technically. Just a crime against society. Does this old man work there often? Yeah, he's in there about like a quarter of the time. I can have yeah, to get there again. Yeah, time to find a new corner shop, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, 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 can, I can never step foot in that Londis again, as long as I live. Oh my god. It was excruciating. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Metal Face Podcast. A podcast about metal where we talk about three albums each week. Introed for the first time by me, Josh. Hello. Um, <laughs> Hi, Josh. This week we're covering Once by Nightwish, In the Constellation of Black Widow by Anon Nathrak, and Ooh, Fortress yeah. by Protest the Hero. Nice. Joining me, as always, are Ben and Tom. Say hello, Tom. Hello, Josh. Hello, Ben. And hello, Ben. How are you? I'm good, thanks, Josh. Good. 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 We got through that. <laughs> we got through another week. Another intro. <laughs> We're here. What have you guys been up to this week, anyway? How's it all going? Oh, God. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was doing okay. And then I watched a uh, David Attenborough documentary this morning, and now I'm really depressed about the state of the world. Oh, yeah. Was it a Gajira video? I've been listening to Gajira as a result. The whole of the David Attenborough documentary <laughs> is just a video for Gajira. At the end, it comes up with their tour dates. <laughs> when, when will David Attenborough allow Gajira to soundtrack one of his documentaries? When, are they gonna, when is he going to appear on stage doing guest vocals? <laughs> I bet he's got a wicked death growl. I feel like Gajira's songs are slow enough now that they could probably accommodate Ooh. David Attenborough. Ooh. That wasn't really a dig. It was just, I mean, they are slower. So Ben, what what animals were horribly dying because of our ill stewardship of the planet? So the, the documentary that I watched was the one on Netflix, which is like his letter of appeal to the world. So mm. he kind of did like a, a whistle-stop tour of every animal on Earth that's dying. You know, he got the land ones, he got the sky ones, he got the ocean ones. He got them all. How long was the documentary? Uh, an hour, I think. Ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that's all the animals that are dying in an hour. It was like a sort of 90-second Vice, like, <laughs> TikTok. It's just a really fast rap. It's just like animals appearing on screen and a big stamp just comes up. Fucked. Fucked. Yeah, Vaquita, gibbon, orangutan. Josh, you saw a swan die last week. I did. I don't think they're endangered, though, are they? Well, uh, no, I don't think so. Not yet. <laughs> they will be by the time. <laughs> by if the they time keep away from time. that weir, keep swimming into that fucking <laughs> yeah. weir. They will be. <laughs> and uh, I liked your I liked your story about the batteries, Josh. I had a, a similarly awkward encounter recently, <laughs> relating to dead animals as well. I must okay. say. Yeah. Don't, what don't, happened? Don't get your hopes up. <laughs> up. I went to I went to buy some meat for dinner, and so I went round the corner. There's this uh. This is butcher's shop, and it's uh, it's an interesting one. They give you the meat in in a sort of black bag that looks like a sort of bin bag, right? <laughs> As you do. Yeah, and I, I don't speak whatever language it is they speak in there, so I'm quite often just <laughs> pointing at things and hoping that they <laughs> hoping that they understand me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, I bought something, puts it in the little plastic bag, weighs it and everything, and then I I went to like do my card and stuff. All right, so far all good. I'm navigating this situation. Sorry. I feel a little bit out of my depth because I didn't, I didn't speak that language. Sorry, can I just interrupt for one second? Because yeah. I'm not quite over yeah. the opaque plastic bag they put it in. You can't see what's in It's a in little it. suspicious. Yeah. No, I, I, you see it before you put it in, right? You can see what's behind the counter and uh, you just point at that. I feel like there might be some sleight of hand there. I don't trust that. But also, something else that's weird is that behind the counter they sell medicines. <laughs> <laughs> what is this place you're going right. to? 
what, what, what kind of medicine? <laughs> like, uh, I don't know, anything. You know, uh, paracetamol, cowpole. What else? What others? What others? What's other good medicine? I think it was the same drug. Are they really? Oh. Well, why does cowpole taste so much better? I mean, I think it does. I haven't tried it for about 16 <laughs> years, so, you know. You didn't pick any up with your mystery meat. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, that's what I like. It's so, just, uh, you know, raw pork and pills. <laughs> Are you sure it's pork, though? Is... It's not... It's not... It's not like an all me lucky dip. Anyway, I went to pay, and I paid using mm. the card, and he ripped the receipt off, right? And he gave it to me, but he didn't... I held out my hand, and he didn't drop it into my hand. So then I reached the receipt, <laughs> and the way he was holding it, when I grabbed hold of the receipt, all three of my, <laughs> like, my thumb and my first two fingers... Just like gently Ooh. caressed the end of his finger as I took the receipt off wow. him. Oh dear! <laughs> and there was a moment for a split second where I was just holding the end of his finger Ooh. before I got the receipt. The longest moment of your life. I took the opaque bag of dead animal and left. In shame. With some pills. Oh god. <laughs> was it a nice tasting dead animal? Uh, yeah. I figured out that it was pork, and it was actually pretty good. Was that after you ate it? You figured out it was pork. <laughs> I figured it probably would be pork. Jesus Christ, this is a nightmare that you're describing. So, did you make been eye contact with this guy when you were stroking his fingers? Yeah, like slightly. And then I sort of looked away and I was like, it was one of those moments where I, would, I thought I could laugh this off or I could just get the fuck out of here. And so I just I just went back into the into the rain and that was You didn't was, accidentally <laughs> combine those outcomes and leave laughing, did you? <laughs> that would send a completely different message. I walked down the street chuckling to myself to be fair. Uh... As he watched from the window. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that was the only like you know maybe there's a connection there yeah well mm. for real I could need something he might have had a really lonely day do you ever have one of those days in work like you know back when we used to work in like shops and things where just no one comes in and then a customer comes in you're like hey hey what you buying yeah I don't know if I'd want the customer to start caressing me but I know what you mean well what, you gotta imagine that they look like me and then and then make a judgement still no I I <laughs> My my greatest ever sale in any job. In fact, the only job where I ever had to sell things. <laughs> selling Facebook at age twenty one. No, I I was selling comedy club tickets. Uh, oh, sorry, oh. I wasn't. I gave them like a leaf and they got a voucher. Ooh. And I walked this couple to the place and I had the comedy club. Blah blah blah. And then one of them like hugged me and was like, "Oh, this is so great." Wow. And wow. then, um, well, <laughs> picked your pocket. <laughs> I feel a bit bad <laughs> because if you went on the reviews for the comedy oh. club. They were nearly all one star. Wow. And it was all just like, this is the least funny shit I've ever seen in my life kind of thing. God damn. That's... And one of the guys was like, yeah, the comedian was drunk on stage <laughs> and this kind of thing. Oh, so yeah. I was Who like... would be drunk while they performed anything? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's no chance of leaving that in. <laughs> what? That's I've got perfect. a reputation to maintain. <laughs> How can you not leave that in? That is ideal. <laughs> uh, we'll see. That was, we'll see. That was good. Well, uh, maybe I can handle the humiliation. It's fine. It's going to happen to us all at some point. Anyway, that that was one of the better ones because another guy was like, well, another guy like threatened to have his like boys like beat me up afterwards because I missold him a comedy club ticket. The missold your comedy. We were told this is going to be funny. Right, he to have <laughs> no, literally, his boys beat you up. Like he was his like, children or his, <laughs> like, like his gang children. of lads. Like what the hell is going on? <laughs> It, it was him and like a bunch of guys, and they were like truckers from like I think they're from like Lithuania. And they didn't speak very good English, and I was like comedy club, and they were talking, and they were like yeah, yeah. And they said one of them was like, "Will there be girls?" And I was like, "Probably." <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's funny you say that because when I was in Krakow, you you quite often get like touts coming up to you trying to get you to go to like brothels and strip clubs and stuff like that, and then you sort of try to explain to them like, "No, no, I'm not interested in that." And they kind of look at you like, "What the fuck's wrong with you? Why oh are you not go to these places?" I, I, I'd really love to see like a like an ethnography of like a brothel tout. Ethnography, like a, it, yeah, What's like an, an in, ethnography. It's like I'm glad one of us asked. Well, you can do like an ethnography, like kind of like documentary. <laughs> it's like it's like we like take the perspective of someone you're studying. Oh, where you go into like the culture kind of thing. Yeah, so I like, actually do really like that. Like a so first like person really GoPro camera on the brothel tout, just yeah. follow them around for like a day. <laughs> Maybe like, not what's the their the life? Day. Yeah. From the wake up when they go to bed. Yeah, no, I mean, it would be fucking interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> if incredibly bleak. Oh, yeah. It would be terrible. I have, I just wanted to say, um, I am looking forward to, like, the increase in these awkward social stories now that we are allowed out more. I think um, yeah, there's inevitably going to be more. that's true. We have got a bit mm. more, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, how's everyone's um, social skills doing at the moment? Oh, fucking yeah. awful. I am muddling through. I'm so much worse. Than I was to talking be. to a bouncer terrible, outside a pub the other night, and uh, he asked <laughs> me the same question, how's my social skills doing? And I said, oh, 
well, can't you tell? Like, how's this conversation going? And he just looked me dead in the eye and went, it's not going well. <laughs> <laughs> so my confidence is at an all-time low. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, you, got, you, you walked into yeah. that, though. Oh, God, yeah. Um, I laughed, but inside I was crying. Yeah. Well, recently I was at a pub in Bristol, and the bouncer there was like, oh, it's good to see you again, mate. And I was like, T- what? <laughs> I've never been there before. Um, same pub, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. And I was like, right, there's probably a good chance that he remembers me kind of thing. But I don't necessarily remember him. I feel really bad. But at the same time, I probably only meet him when I'm smashed. So, you know. Yeah, he's got the advantage. Anyway, I wasn't one. too bad that time. So I didn't get his name, though. If anyone knows the name <laughs> of the bouncer who... <laughs> so something else I did this week, other than fail to buy batteries... Was <laughs> I... Wait, did you not get the batteries? No, I did buy them. I just, I, I, I still feel like I failed. You succeeded, just with <laughs> unnecessary play fighting. <laughs> oh god, just a bit of roughhousing with you... the, the oh old man god. selling me batteries. I bet that guy is like <laughs> got home and told that story to his wife. <laughs> Some guy tried to roughhouse with me in the shop today. Linda, it happened again. <laughs> I just. It, I don't understand what... It's that boy. <laughs> it was... I don't know what. Uh, sorry, anyway. we're making you relive this. What, what else have you done this week, Josh? I'm having flashbacks. Um, so at the weekend, I did some baking. Ooh. I made... Ooh. I made a babka. A babka? A babka. That's a babka. Is that... Do, wait, do you mean a kebab? No, I mean a babka. Very different. A babka well, is a, a... Opposite of a kebab. Yeah, it is. It's you sweet. You put the meat back on the animal. <laughs> no, there's no meat. It's, it's a vegetarian <laughs> dish. It's a cake. Very nice. Or a bread. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, so it's like... Basically, this layered, braided, this is ready like the multicolored cake. loaf. Yeah, that you sometimes see in like Seinfeld and things like that. Poss- I don't actually know, but like if you if you cut into it, it's got this lovely marble pattern on the inside because all the different oh, layers. Yeah. I know a babka. Yeah, I want to kind of. I like baking. It's one of my hobbies. I like to do. I want mm. to try and challenge myself a bit. So I looked Baby up a babka things. recipe, and let me tell you, it wasn't easy. Oh God. <laughs> I, I followed by batteries. <laughs> I never let this down. This is a mistake. I looked up Paul Hollywood's babka recipe and followed it closely. You're a Paul Hollywood man, are you? Not a. Well, I'm not. I'm not really, but I looked it up. And it sounded nice, and the picture looked good. To Prue, is that her name? Yeah, mm-hmm. Prue. I mean, I I feel like I mean it's not like a a majorly British dish, uh, and I feel like maybe it would have been better off if it was from a recipe of someone who'd like grown up baking it. You want a traditional, mm. authentic babka recipe, not some poor Hollywood Well, bullshit. I just... Well, <laughs> it, 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 I'm sure it's perfectly authentic, it just... I don't know. He gave a lot of dubious instructions. He said, knead it until it's not sticky anymore. I do need it. <laughs> and let me tell you, it didn't happen. I know. I was kneading it for about 40 minutes. Were you adding flour there while you were kneading it? No, it's a dental flour, so just knead it. Because when, when you knead a bread, it does become less sticky. Yeah. It didn't become less sticky enough. To a degree, you need more flour. Though. Yeah, I eventually gave up and added a shitload more flour, and that mm. was fine. Yeah. But, um... I was suffering for a long time, just like beating the shit out of this dough. I quite like kneading dough in a way. It is quite a good workout, and you, you at least get something at the end. <laughs> it's good for the first twenty minutes, <laughs> and then after that, it gets a bit old. I'll be honest. You're but... just beating up a. Uh... <laughs> yeah, first twenty minutes, best twenty minutes. Yeah. Um... <laughs> well, right at the end, it's great as well. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> really enjoyed those last few needs, but. Um... <laughs> Sometimes you really got to push for the burn, mate. <laughs> yeah, feel the burn. Get those mad biceps making oh, bread. Ah, mm. oh, shit. Was it your... What's, I just what dropped happened? a beer. I just dropped a beer in a painting that I was doing. Yeah, it wasn't open, but it is fucking fucked up the painting. <laughs> Sorry, right. I haven't done anything on it for ages. Um, anyway, bad yeah. girl. <laughs> anyway, <bad> <laughs> so, were you successful, Jeff? Did you make this bread? Did it come out well? Is what I'm asking. In the end, okay. yes. There's a happy end to the On story. the edge. On the edge, losing my mind. Okay. I think that's what baking does to people. So, so that's fine. All bakers are insane. <laughs> Did you lie back and have a cigarette afterwards, Josh? Oh, I, w- I wish I had a cigarette. If I, if I, had, if I had tobacco on me, I would have. I, I, you have to roll it out <laughs> to like, this Josh, really big area. So it has underst- to be... I don't know if you are understanding what Tom's doing, or if you're just not giving him the satisfaction. I understand what he's okay. doing. Yeah, I, I, the latter, I don't you care. Just, you're not engaging. I just... <laughs> he said, roll out to 40 centimetres <laughs> by 30 centimetres. So I had to clear half of the kitchen table off and flour that and rolled out. But because it was still sticky when I tried to roll it out and then it, it stuck to the thing and tore, so I had to take it all off again and then re-knead it for oh another God, 10 minutes. It's okay. It's and okay. then I added the chocolate, Ooh. the chocolate which I spent ages slowly melting, it's a chocolate babka, and I rolled it up and it was fine. And I realised afterwards I forgot to add the hazelnuts to the chocolate, oh, so yeah. I just bought a whole thing of hazelnuts and roasted all of them in the fucking Fuck. oven. It was honestly, oh I was losing my, my mind. It was, I, I never. This is the worst time so anyone's ever had. <laughs> 
I was so Never. frustrated. And the whole time, the whole time, my, my girlfriend was there. She's on the phone to her sister. So I couldn't even, like, swear loudly. I couldn't even be like, fuck! He's talking to her sister, like, I'm really worried about Josh. He's losing his mind. This is going flower. He's running about batteries and Babka. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think... Well, Josh. I'll never forget the time when I may have had a lady friend coming over, so I, I meticulously cleaned the entire house, which was no small task. <laughs> the kitchen, for the first time, was impeccable. We got rid of our mould farm on the oh, side. Yeah. We had a pretty ad hoc system of doing the washing up, in that no one ever did the washing up. Yeah, and, our system um, was just no one did any washing up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's very effective. And then, <laughs> and then I got back later, <laughs> and the kitchen was, was so... There was, like, flour on the window and, like, mix on the ceiling and just like kitchen towel everywhere there were like different cake trays where Josh had poured in the cake and then poured it back out again just a something cartoon smaller. outline of Josh mouth flour on the wall <laughs> what was the yield Josh five cupcakes it wasn't it wasn't my fate my, it wasn't my finest moment oh my it was not my finest moment I this one was much better as you saw the photographic evidence of much higher quality product mm. than those cupcakes. It did. That was a good yield, yeah. <laughs> okay, so enough of baking. To de-stress after the babka, time to switch over to the Disney Channel for some Nightwish. <laughs> Nightwish are a Finnish symphonic metal band formed mm. in 1996. Once, what we're talking about today, is their fourth of nine studio albums. Bloody hell. And they've... Quite famously been through a couple of lineup changes, with a lot of controversy surrounding the fact that they've changed lead singer mm. twice. Yeah. Um, starting with, and apologies, Tarja Turunen. Okay. Sounds, sounds reasonable. My finish is pretty poor, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Then Annette Olsen, and then finally settling on Flo Janssen, formerly from Out of Forever. Okay. This was one of the things that I knew about Nightwish coming into it, was the, uh, the controversial yeah, lineup. The controversy. Just, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 really there's a lot of any comment section on YouTube. It's just this mm. intractable guerrilla warfare between the different sides. I think I think so. At the time, I'm reading about it. What they wanted to do basically is they said that if they tried to hire another operatic yeah. singer, yeah, she they wouldn't be as good as Tarius. So they they wanted to move in a different direction, so it was just totally mm, different. Fair point. But whether that works or not, that's yeah. up to uh, you know a kind of point of contention to this day, isn't it? But more recently, they've actually just also lost their um, bassist and backing vocalist, uh, Marco Hiatala, oh. uh, in 2021, which will be another huge kind of change to the sound of language, mm. I feel. So what was their peak then, do you think, Josh? Their peak in terms of music that I like? In terms of when they were absolutely massive, because they were huge at one point, weren't they? I think it was around this album. I think Once was probably one of their biggest, because Nemo, one of the single, I think the single off this album was fucking huge mm, it got used yeah, in movies yeah. it was I mean, I, I on know the radio to back and i don't even know how <laughs> exactly. i had that song bluetooth to me onto my uh what is it sony vio phone in in secondary school oh i had it on my sony ericsson that's, oh, that's what it is yeah <laughs> sony ericsson sony ericsson yeah, flip that's phone, the one. yeah uh, that's the way call? isn't it the past the past indeed <laughs> but yeah no it's it's interesting now because they've got they've had a few albums recently and I feel like Nightwish one of those bands which everyone, a few years ago everyone was super into. And you hear less about nowadays. But I don't know if that's just because tastes have changed in my own life. And I don't listen to quite as much symphonic metal. Mm. Or if the scene's shifted away and it's more about the more kind of extreme stuff mm. right now. Or maybe we're just old and out of touch and don't, don't get it. I don't know. They're certainly getting a fuckload of plays on Spotify. So they seem to be doing something right. I mean, I can see why. And this album, honestly, is a real high point in their music for me. And it's got some like, amazing moments and epic feels. And it's just, I don't know, I'll, I'll gush about this for hours before we actually get into it. Sure, yeah. And this was really one of the first bands I got into. So when I say there's a lot of nostalgia here for me, yeah, like, believe it. And with that in mind, I'm like quite excited to hear what you guys think, because I know you don't necessarily have the same background taste mm. as me. You know, I think it would be fair to say that Nightwish is also one of the first metal bands that I got really? into. Really? Really? That said, mm. I don't know if I necessarily equated them with kind of getting into metal, if you know what I mean. That's interesting. They, for me, went alongside listening to My Chemical Romance and Cradle of Filth in the very the very early days. And, I, you know, i got to say, Nightwish, like, they're hard not to like. I mean, I've never really got into mm. them, but I've never really gone off them, yeah. you know? <laughs> Can't go off them if you didn't get into them. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good point. You can never dislike something you know. <laughs> well, I remember playing them on a. I remember being on a car journey 
and playing them on like over the speakers when I was probably about 12 or something. And my mum even liked them. That was over the hills and far away. I mean, oh. I've always been a big fantasy nerd, so it fits in pretty neatly. You know, you guys have obviously listened to the Lord of the Rings soundtrack many times, Ooh, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. like the Enya songs on that, there's definitely a certain comparison to be made there. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the comparison that kept popping into my mind. I feel like this is what uh, mm. Elrond would be listening to with all his elf, elf bros. Yeah, it's music for fucking elves. Yeah, it's <laughs> important. Metal. <laughs> I think that's kind of always been my impression of Nightwish. A bit, uh, a bit high fancy, a bit optimistic, Fairy, and, yeah. and yeah, fairies and angels and things like that. Which, as a eternal pessimist about the condition of mankind, I find that offensive. <laughs> I want something a bit darker, you... a bit meaner, you know. Well, it's just like you know, if um, if black metal is the ring race, yeah. like <laughs> what would you say? Death metal is the Urukai mm-hmm. for sure. Then Nightwish is the elves, yeah. really, isn't it? Mm. You yeah. know the elves are the good guys in those films, right? Yeah, doesn't mean I have to like them. Shut up. They're aesthetic. <laughs> <laughs> that one definitely looked cooler. <laughs> I mean, first of all, I think like, let's not get into the, the fucking aesthetics here. <laughs> it, but it is part of it, though. I do think it is part of it with a band like Nightwish, right? And this is not a criticism at all, by the way, because like you know, I, I've got to say, like I really like Nightwish, and I don't have any problem with anything they're doing. Yeah, at all. yeah, and that's that's got to be my yeah. like overall opinion on this is that yeah. Nightwish is a band. I'm really glad they exist. I can tell that like for so many people, they're just so yeah, like and, and it's, yeah. we'll get into the album in a minute, but this is undeniably a work of art, and I think I'm yeah, so yeah. glad that this music exists for the people who like it because the same way that I'll put on like Boss Keloid and be like, wow. It's like they've made this mm. for me. I feel like a lot of people yeah. get that feeling with Nightwish, and I'm so glad that that exists for people, but it's <clears throat> but it's just not quite there for me. I'd like to throw this back to you, Josh, because what is it that you like about Nightwish so much? I It's a tough one, actually. I've been thinking about this. I've been trying to do some cell-searching. It is sometimes hard to come yeah. up with why you like a thing, isn't it? <laughs> it's, <Yeah. laughs> for me, I think it's just the kind of... It feels kind of like an album is this little kind of collection of short stories of fairy tales mm. yeah and it's got that lovely otherworldly feel like it's hard to keep your feet kind of planted on the ground and listen to it but it also captures the really like energetic epic feeling of metal yeah and it sounds really big it's really fast it's really yeah. driving i don't know it just marries these two completely different concepts up together in a really strong way for me it's fairly unique that it does lean in that positive direction i guess because i think a lot of metal given the sounds and the influences and the things they generally sing about leans more towards darker stuff right and this isn't doing that i kind of uh... I agree, but like I, I sort of dispute that in a way because I think that a band like Iron Maiden is actually like quite an optimistic yeah. sounding yeah, band. True. Yeah, And like quite often what the guitar achieves is something that like I would take a whole orchestra to achieve, right? And do you know what I am again just thinking about the stuff that I listen to, so you're right. <laughs> <laughs> like the way in a the way in a distorted electric guitar sounds it almost sounds like several guitars played at once, if you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, and I feel like a, a Nightwish are almost like a literal embodiment of what a lot of metal is like tending towards, which is like a, a large orchestral, like big sound. You rarely get metal bands that sound like very small, you know, <laughs> whereas you do with indie or something. Yeah, you know? and they yeah. did have a, right, the London Session Orchestra, is that right? They recorded this album with them. Oh, really? So. Oh, yeah. really? They said that the album, that. per my extensive research reading the Wikipedia article, was the most expensive album ever produced in Finland. It cost 500,000 euros to record. It was it's only beaten it. by their next album. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. This is the thing. I really feel like Nightwish, almost more than any other metal band recently, have the real kind of rock star vibe but not in like a kind of up yourself metallica way <laughs> in a in a just like big production values big show flashy kind of sense and honestly in the realm of symphonic metal i really feel like these guys are the best i was very surprised by the album actually like in terms of when it started dark chest of wonders i was like it starts with all the like the whispering yeah it's like once upon a time <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay all right where's this going i gotta say i think like majority of the songs i enjoyed if not all the way through there were bits in every song where i was like oh this is cool you yeah. know like dark chest of wonders it, it's such a great opening to the mm. album because it's like something i absolutely love that metal does which i don't find in other genres is like right when you think it's about to relax and go back to a verse instead it just like yeah. picks up the energy yeah it's like right when it's really going for it it just goes for it again and it takes you higher and higher you know especially that song as an opener 
has that feeling of like soaring along on like the wings of some fucking I don't know eagle. Let's stick with the Lord of the Rings comparisons. The thing I think this album does really well though is that it combines that epic feeling of you know all the strings and I know it's MIDI synths most of the time, but you know, all the strings and mm. the atmosphere and the operatic vocals. Mm. But the riffs they're playing are still really good. They're really like tight. They're like quite metallic sounding. Yeah, there's a lot of industrial metal in this man. Yeah, there's like some it's... real head banging moments. Exactly, and that honestly, that, that surprised me not coming back to it. Like Planet Hell, like you could easily mosh to that without any problem whatsoever. Yeah, and that's alongside all this stuff about like you know Nemo, which is which is much more like poppy. Mm. And they kind of achieved something that I was a little bit disappointed that um, Dimmu Borgir didn't do with. Um, where like the songs all sound very much of the same ilk it's the same kind of style all the way through yeah but they do try different things yeah and you can still depend on it to like always get a good fucking soaring yeah there was definitely a lot more variety i think that was one of the criticisms we had of uh eonian (laughs) i'm concentrating so hard to say that word um yeah definitely that was that was the obvious comparison to make i think for there was episode four wasn't it that we talked about eonian Mm. um (laughs) and um yeah yeah, that was the most like direct comparison I could make. I think um, I definitely preferred the vibes of a Dimmy Borger album, but this was much more mm. interesting in terms of variety. A lot of good songs in this album. It this, does feel yeah. very um, Disney, if you know what I it mean. Does. Like you can see a lot of these as like, I mean, they could do a cover of "Let It Go" from Frozen, and it would be banging. Potentially, I think they have actually got a few songs about Disney on one of their albums. I think a Wishmaster. Really? Mm. Yeah. With these guys, I find it hard to put into words. Like the kind of sound of them because it, it mixes this fantastic sort of you know storybook feel mm. yeah but then just hits you in the face with these like quite nasty sounding riffs as well yeah. it's a weird yeah, combo yeah. but it's so good i definitely enjoyed it all the way through but i do have a slight feeling and this isn't really a criticism i could make a playlist of nightwish songs and it would be easier to listen to than listening to the whole album That's i fair. would love to go through their all their albums and just pick out my favourite ones and I think I'd enjoy listening to that more than giving listening to any one album in their career. Like they they feel in that sense a bit more like a pop band in terms of they're a bit more hit orientated, but like Ghost. Do you think that's maybe just because yeah. you don't vibe with Nightwish quite as much as like other people because I, I would agree and I, I'm thinking about yeah. myself and you know there's bands like Anil Nafrak who we'll talk about soon who I would listen to yeah their whole albums because I love their music and I want to hear everything they've ever done and then I yeah. I like Nightwish but you know I'm, I'm here for the hits that's me I'm yeah that's fair I'm the yeah. guy who goes to the yeah, live show yeah. stands at the back the entire time as soon as Nemo comes and I'm like oh yeah <laughs> yeah and I mean the thing is like um, Dark Jester Wonders I wish I had name on Angel Nemo the, way, the songs that open the album are essentially the ones that have been my like that's what I've come away with yeah. is like yeah. the ones I was really into but to be honest you know Creek Mary's Blood the like 10 minute one and then is it Ghost Love Score as well Ghost Love Score like 8 minutes the big kind of epic tracks I'm glad they included that stuff because it's not as hitty and it is a bit more like here's something you can kind of get your teeth into a bit and listen to for a little while I, I quite like that there's that in there mm. as well in preparation for this I wanted to see what they were like live because I've never seen Nightwish live so I right. put on their 2015 Wembley show which is the entirety of it is on YouTube um, in like HD and well filmed it's not like someone on a camera phone or Ooh, something wow. nice. yeah. so I, I watched that I put it on and um, I just let the whole thing play like I was I had it on my TV while I was like, yeah. working on my laptop and you know just let the whole thing play it just kept like looking up and being like oh damn that looks really good that sounds amazing like and that made yeah. me think, when are they playing live? Turns out they're in London in December. And Oh, shit, nice. so they are. I really want to go now because that show looked amazing. 100% up and for that. I want to go with Josh in now, particular. Tom, you, I want you to be there too. Oh, but, okay. <laughs> but Josh, I want to be there just, with just a true Nightwish fan because I feel like it's going to improve Yeah, let's do it, experience. man. That, that, that would be cool. I'd be up for that. Okay, full disclosure. The last time I saw them, I was like fully weeping for like half the set. Like, <laughs> I, I, if you, I don't know if you watch them when, they, when, it, when it cuts to like the shot of the um, the fans in the front mm. row. Yeah. And like they're all just like completely like overcome. Cool, man. Like I'm, yeah. I'm like that. I, I, I cried when I saw Mastodon. That's a cool. bit what I'm like with Behemoth. So. Okay, we'll be a, <laughs> and, a mess at some point. And I would be without Nafrak, but I normally am just, you know, trying to get the blood out of my eyes. So. I was going to say, you've got time to cry at an Al Nafrak gig? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what you mean, Tom. Actually, in terms of the hits, like partly why they're such a great live band is they can they can take all these hits from all their albums and put them together for just like an hour and a half of just completely great music. So with that in mind, 
Were there any favourites? We all seem to like it. What was the best? What were the best bits? I think I've got to say Dorchester Wonders because, like, I was just I just love that bit when it picks up and goes the extra mile. Like that's that's what I love about metal in general. And if a band can do that, mm. I love it. Yeah, I gotta agree. Uh, Dorchester Wonders was actually probably my favourite song uh, on listening to it. I um I mean. It's always the thing when we have these sort of albums where if I had never heard it before, I would undoubtedly be picking Nemo. It's an absolutely amazing song. But um, the fact that that's the only song that I've heard from the album before, and I've probably heard it about 100 times, I feel obliged to pick something else. But yeah, Nemo is a great song as well. Yeah. How about you, Josh? So for me, I'm going to be greedy. I'm going to pick three. Oh, you greedy Gus. Nemo. I mean, what else? What else is there to say? If you haven't heard the song before, great song. Stop listening to this podcast. Go listen to Nemo. Yeah. Go listen to this whole album, then come back. Please come back. <laughs> Please come back. <laughs> but also, Planet Hell, great song. Mm. And yeah. finally, Ghost Love Score, just like so epic, so okay. great. Nothing bad to say. We'll about allow it. Absolutely. We'll allow it. Well, that was a, fun, a good, good choice, Josh. I'm really glad Thank I you. kind of got a little bit more into Nightwish because, yeah. Yeah, and now we can go see him live. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's I'm ha- do it. fully yeah. up for that. See you in December. Mm. Yeah. All right, so we're moving away from the world of fairies and elves. It's time to hang up your noose, celebrate the desolation of the earth. It's Anal Nafrak with In the Constellation of the Black Widow. Yikes. So, as you guys may know, Anal Nafrak's stated mission is to be the soundtrack to Armageddon. And with their unique blend of black metal, with industrial sound effects, grindcore, noise grind, and death metal, they're certainly doing pretty fucking well on that front. That's a good collection of words. (laughs) (laughs) You've got to think machine gun speed drums, even some actual machine gun sounds as well. This is true. Dark and terrifying riffs, completely blown out high octane vocal performance that borders on the completely ridiculous mm-hmm. fuse that with song names like between shit and piss we are born and hold your children close and pray for oblivion you have the one and only anal nafrak i'm getting shivers just thinking about it i think anyone that's come within about five meters of me knows how much i love this band and i credit this album in particular as my first exposure to extreme metal this was if you like when i started falling <laughs> into hell oh, we can pinpoint it <laughs> this was it it was it was the song in the constellation the black widow was probably the first real extreme metal song i heard and i never looked back you know that said it's actually no longer my favorite anal nafrak album as 2016's <gasps> the whole of the law actually mm. surpassed it and this band is showing no signs of slowing down they describe themselves as an efficiently functioning biological organism <laughs> something we should all aspire to uh, yeah <laughs> And they keep experimenting and pushing the limits of extreme music. And before we talk about this Cornerstone album in my listening, what do you guys know of Anon Nefrek? I, I know that we've talked about them before. I think I'm going to start with you, Ben. Yeah, you know where I am with Anon Nefrek. Um <clears throat> Yep. <laughs> no one... <laughs> that's it. Um, no one captures filthy, bloody cataclysm quite like Anon Nefrek, mm. and I absolutely love it. It's kind of a unusual like favorite of mine. Yeah. I think compared to all the other stuff that I absolutely love. Um, you introduced me to Aaron Afrak. Definitely. That's nice uh, to hear. <laughs> yeah. You uh, you had been mentioning Aaron Afrak for a long yeah. time, and the name alone, I was like, I feel like this is going to be pretty intense, and yeah. I wasn't wasn't really listening to that sort of thing. It's too much finally for gave him most a go. people. That's totally understandable as well. Mm. <laughs> I finally gave him a go with the whole of the law. Yeah. And oh my god, I was yeah, I was I hooked. Mean, that's and, incredible. Yeah, yeah, I I fucking love Aaron Afrak, man. My god. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Josh? It's interesting. Aaron Afrak are a band who I always kind of avoided getting into because I see I was like, oh, they they they. I I think I heard like a few of their songs. And I thought they were a bit too like heavy for me. You'd seen what like... it had done to Tom, and you thought no. <laughs> <laughs> like how, honestly, as a result of this podcast, I listened to Hold the Law. I listened to Constellation Black Widow. Mm. Listened to Endarkman. Oh yeah, you're a, quite an Endarkman fan, aren't you? Endarkman's fucking great. I think Endarkman's uh, yeah. an amazing album. That was. Yeah. last year 2020 yeah, yeah. yeah it was yeah it's just so strong i honestly i don't know if i do something really unique in the music scene and i really appreciate it it's that combination i think you said before ben of the like horrible nasty sounding mm. disgusting music then transitions seamlessly into the soaring operatic like oh yeah oh yeah it's just it's, it's, it's a real it's a brief sort of break from the the violence and blood and death and then you it's, it always reminds me of the thing that always comes to my head when I think of Aaron Afrak is the scene in The Matrix 3 when yeah, they fly yeah. above the clouds and see the sun for the first time <laughs> and exactly Trinity's it. eyes yeah. are like twinkling with tears and then they dive back into the clouds and it just turns to shit again. And I think like one thing they do incredibly well, Aaron Afrak, is that they 
putting those vocal, clean vocal sections in is not trying to like atone for how heavy the rest of the music is. It's actually like, it almost exaggerates the contrast, if you know what I mean. Yes. Yeah. So having that softer part makes the rest of it seem heavier. And because the rest of it is so heavy, it, it works really well. Whereas I feel like some bands, like Slipknot might be a good example. They put the like soft vocal choruses in almost as if like, here's the hook and just let us get away with the verse. You know what I mean? Yeah, I see what and you on mean. And it feels like they're actually, they're counterpointing each other deliberately. Mm. I think that's a really good point. I think you see this in metalcore as well. Like the same issue with like Slipknot, where sometimes you get a band and they'll play out their really heavy, nasty riffs, and then they'll go into melodic part yeah. for the chorus, and it loses all the energy, it loses exactly. all the yeah. kind of forward momentum. Yeah. And in metalcore, I think the best bands are the ones are the ones who manage to have melodic parts and still keep the energy. It's always what's kind of kept me from getting into, I think metalcore in particular, is that feeling of like the chorus slowing down the song mm. and feeling like I have to just stay with the song to get back to the bit that I like. Yeah. And, and I feel like in Anno Nafrak, it is quite often a brief reprieve from yeah. the, the hell that waits, awaits you. You're, you're talking about like but, a few seconds, then it kind of dives back into... And like, we should talk about Dave Hunt's vocals in this, because, I mean, for a listener who hasn't heard them before, I think what's the best way to describe them? You get a microphone, you turn the distortion all the way up, and then rather than singing, you... Insert said microphone you, into the back of your throat. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> scream as loud as you can. You slit your throat. <laughs> no, you, it's like he's absolutely—he's screaming as loud as he fucking can, as close oh, yeah. as he can to the microphone. And it—it's like it all sounds blown out, but actually, like there is distinct texture to like parts of it. You know, definitely. It's yeah. very much like it's not about the lyrics. It's not about the tune. It's about the sound. Really quickly on that, they don't release lyrics because they've no. said that they want you to pick up lyrical themes from their music, right? Rather yeah. than read the lyrics, which and, yeah, I respect that. And you get those kind of moments of like getting a few words here and there that kind of contextualize the songs like a little yeah. bit, you know? Oh, yeah. I think that's interesting. I think it's very like about trying to get to like academic it's a bit like um death of the author isn't it it doesn't really matter what they intended it's more about like what our interpretation is well yeah yeah, yeah absolutely and i think it's interesting that they've sort of taken that stance on it because i think it would almost be, be so deliberate. yeah it would be almost easier for them to just release lyrics and satisfy those like clamoring people who demand to know the lyrics you know because yeah. i will quite often look up lyrics for music but yeah, sometimes you do read the lyrics and you're like, oh, that's what that's about. Huh. They have released <laughs> yeah. a few from Endarkenment. So I think oh, the, Age really? of, the Age of Starlight Ends has like a lyric video on YouTube. They did one for a new kind of horror as well, the like World oh. War One themed album. Well, do you know what? I take all that praise back. What about the sellouts? They're a band that's always trying new stuff. And they are prolific, aren't they? They've produced yeah. so many albums. It's it's one every two years, pretty much, since their inception. Fucking so, hell. That's well, they've really been impressive, around yeah. since around 2000, maybe 1999 <laughs> or something. It's kind of funny, as like a complete non-musician, you're like, an album every two years, and I was like, oh, that sounds pretty easy. But it's yeah. like, clearly <laughs> fucking not, and they are doing cool. a fantastic okay. job. To be fair, writing writing forty minutes of music every two years is easy. Writing forty minutes of good music every two years is something completely different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there's yeah. there's very little filler in these albums. Exactly, you know that's I mean? the thing. Like, yeah. yeah, there's it's always one or two cut. songs I'm not quite so into, but I'm normally not into them because they've just tried something that doesn't quite work for me. It's very rarely that like, oh, here's another version of that song earlier on the album that wasn't quite as good. Yeah. It's always what? a case of like, here's an experiment, and all right, maybe it doesn't land for me, but for someone else, it might be their favorite song. One one thing I find really cool about Anathrak is that even if you don't like their music, even if you don't like their sound, they really think about what they're writing. You know, you can yeah. tell they put thought into it. You can tell they're like going for a specific theme. Mm. There's loads of really cool like ideas there. Mm. It's not like sometimes when you have an album come out from a, from a band and they're recycling stuff or they're just yeah. phoning it in. They're really, I mean, I feel like at least they're really, you know, writing to the max every time. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, like you know, I think um, a new kind of horror is a perfect example of that, where they Absolutely. wrote a concept album about the First World War and all the songs relate to it in some sense, and yet nowhere else in their career are they writing like a specific concept album. They were just like, let's just do one. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah, and they have. I think they have that freedom within their sound because, like, because it's so chaotic and because it's like anything can kind of fit in there. If you know what I mean? If they kind of came out tomorrow with like an industrial melodic opera album with no screamed vocals, that would kind of fit their music in a way. Yeah, it wouldn't you'd be like that crazy. Be that surprised? Yeah. Yeah, it's so versatile. Even though they've they've stuck to every album has the like shrieking vocals and the complete like industrial black metal thing 
they've always done something a little bit different each time. It does always feel very intentional, I think. Yeah. That's something that I think other bands who try and go for this, like, hectic degeneration sometimes, I kind of... Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's just bad, though, isn't it? Like, <laughs> but everything in this feels very orchestrated, you know? Yeah. And we'll definitely get into this on the Grindcore episode. I realise it's not quite the same thing, because Grindcore's a lot shorter, yeah. so it's different. But, like, it's absolutely fucking nuts, and you can show it to people, and it's crazy to listen to but like if you've listened to it for a while you actually can distinguish like here's an amazing drum fill just to make this little bit of madness like a little yeah. bit less like, unstructured it doesn't get boring i think i'm wondering if um people would be surprised to hear us talking so sensibly about an album that is so extreme because yeah. i mean just put on uh, i am the wrath of gods and desolation of the earth and you'll see straight away <laughs> yeah and, and i wonder if people will be wondering how do you even get into something like this like yeah. do you just put mm-hmm. it on and then eventually it just sticks like because i think i imagine if i had listened to this a couple of years ago i would have immediately been like well this is shit like it's just mm. just absolute chaos and i can't get into it but yeah. now like i listen to quite a lot of their songs i'm like oh yeah it's this bit here the bit where, he, yeah. where he's really yeah. fucking screaming <laughs> screaming and yeah. the air raid sirens going off and wait wait there's a gunshot sound in a second <laughs> yeah and it's like um in the song blood eagles carved in the backs of innocence there's a bit at about two minutes in where like right at the end of his, like his like vocal scream i don't even know how to describe it it's like a glitch effect on the vocals and it sort of repeats the end of the scream like as it's like tapering off yeah and it's just like just that tiny little detail thrown in there makes me yeah. of the whole song just to hear that yeah because it goes from something that sounds organic and human to almost like he's turning to a machine mm. and then it just br- goes in this insane breakdown for the rest of the song and it's like whew, man i love this band yeah it's, oh yeah it's very imp- uh, that that honestly probably one of the most exciting bands around at the moment mm. and the fact that like when they did the whole of the law they were like you know what we haven't done yet falsetto let's just <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah dave hunt has like this sort of rob halford-esque moment nice. in like every other song or something it. it's it. bizarre man it's they must be one of the most impressive duos ever right mm. they, yeah. Yeah. it's just two guys in the band yeah yeah so i was a huge fan of their three most recent albums before listening to this album and i think coming into it i was expecting it to be a lot more heavier than the stuff i actually liked which because there's about three albums between this and the ones that you're into right yeah and i realize we're talking about like shades of black here like it's all yeah. kind of <laughs> pretty fucking yeah. heavy but I was expecting a lot more sort of musical purity in a way, less yeah. air raid sirens and gunshots. And then there's actually quite a lot of that on this album, so I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Um, not as much, though. I feel like maybe they've lent it's into that in more. It's in there as, like, details, if you yeah, know Yeah, I, mean. I feel like they've lent into that more in the most recent albums. And yeah. it, it, as a, if I can say, a negative kind of point about it those are the things that i love the most so mm. as much as i like this album it's not gonna dethrone their most recent three albums yeah so it's interesting you, you kind of compare modern alan athrak or modern maurice alan athrak <laughs> you have lots of samples and things with with with, their current, with with black widow which is a bit a bit less like that mm. so the three albums that are in between this one and the albums that you're into ben um passion vanitas and desiderium i feel like they do go for like they really lean into their industrial elements like almost too much like desiderium was kind of panned for being like having like almost like dubstep moments wow personally i couldn't give a shit they should just do what they want and i think it's cool they're trying stuff but i think the whole of the law was really where they kind of went right we've we've done the extreme stuff we've done the less extreme stuff let's bring it back in and i think they're moving in really interesting ways in their career, you know. It's funny you should say, like, the more industrial stuff, because when we saw them live in Bristol, I was expecting there to be a guy uh, on stage with a MacBook. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really was. One of the bands that always reminds me of Alan Athrak, or rather Alan Athrak always reminds me of them, is Emperor. It's very hard to pick apart their influences, isn't it? Because Gorgoroth's yeah. procreating Satan, you can really hear Alan Athrak in there. But even right from like the Codex Necro, which is, in my opinion, where they sort of found their sound, and on Afrak have been very heavily using industrial stuff to like augment the black metal. Yeah, I think I think that's what makes them quite unique. You don't normally see that combo. Like a lot of yeah. black metal seems to be very much more like fantasy based rather a bit than more kind traditional. Of... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like it, like in the Emperor song, there's that big harpsichord thing at the beginning, mm. you know. And I think that um, I know Nafrak there in terms of like thematically, they're very rarely talking about something like specific. If you know what I mean, so. I think the song that sums it up perfectly is the unbearable filth of the soul. You know, like they're yeah. not they're not like a sort of band that's like pro evil. It's almost like a band that's about the anguish of living in a world full of evil people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like so they feel like the good guys somehow. Yeah. Even though they're 
fully immersed in a world of pure vitriolic hatred. It's like the anti-hero. But that, that's the key distinction though, isn't it? Because most black metal, they're the villain. Whereas yeah. Alamathrak, they're <laughs> the least bad and of a bad bunch, many, you know? Many of them are villains. <laughs> they're like in anguish. They're expressing the yeah. evil. Which I, I think a lot of metal does this, to be honest. But they're expressing the evil of the world. They're channeling it back. Feels mm. feels quite real at some points. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I do feel like sometimes I have to sort of take a break from listening to Anonafrak lest I go violently insane at some point. <laughs> it feels yeah, like it's tough. Sometimes <laughs> I listen to a lot of French electronic music and then it's like really calm and nice. I'm like, oh yeah, this is good. And then I'll be like, <laughs> yeah, but the world's actually a pretty fucked up place. And then yeah. suddenly that music starts to rub me up the wrong way, and I'm like. Let me just put on I Am the Wrath of Gods and Desolation of the Earth. And oh, I feel so much better. <laughs> See, yeah. I have the opposite. I feel like I'd be much happier if I just listened to nice music. You never just want to, like, bathe in it, Josh. Bathe in the filth. Oh, no, I, I think I'd rather just not know about the filth, you know? It's, it's like, I'll tell you what it's like. It's like when you're out in the rain and you're walking home and you're like, oh, it's going to be so nice when I get home and have a shower. And so as a result, you're sort of like, maybe I'll stay in the rain a little bit longer. You know what I mean? No. Kind of. But no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, should we talk about some favourite songs? Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll try and keep my section short. You're just going to name the whole yeah, album. Trying to pick them Let's all. go first. I'd, I'd love to know, Ben, having been uncertain about whether you were going to like this, what was your overall, what was your outcome on this and what songs do you like the most? Uh, the album overall is like an 8 out of 10. It's still really, really good. It's just, yeah. they're in a room full of giants, all mm. created by the same giant making band. So. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> if, if the whole of the lore is a 10, then this is a 9 for me. <laughs> yeah, that's that's basically where I am. And there are a couple of tracks here that have made their way into my Anonafrak. Hashtag regular rotation. I, I didn't want to say it, but yeah, regular rotation. More Fire Than Blood and Looser Effect in particular were two songs that I really liked and mm. will definitely, definitely be listening to again. The Looser Effect is a phrase coined after the Stanford Prison Experiment, basically uh, yes. describing the way oh. that people turn to evil. Mm. You know, and that's so that's why the chorus is subjugate, humiliate, torture. And I think this is actually. If you like that, you should go back and listen to uh, some stuff of the Codex Necro. I think I sent you maybe one or two songs. Yeah, do you know what? Listening to them. I was going to say I actually did. Oh, yeah. I actually listened to one of the links you sent for once. Yeah, wow, that's that's <laughs> that's a big change. <laughs> no, I actually um, really like that album. It's 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 also killer. <laughs> that yeah, that album was really good. But I mean. Aaron, I forgot hard enough to get into it. I wouldn't recommend people start with the Codex Necro. <laughs> the Codex Necro no. is a fucking great album. I'll yeah. check it out. I, w- I would recommend listening to uh, What Humanity Is Cancer and Insipid Flock from the Codex Necro. And Josh, what did you think about In the Constellation of the Black Widow? Yeah, I liked it. It's not It's not like my favourite Anathrak album, th- mm. just because I really like Endarkman and the whole mm. of the law, you know? Yeah. This is still really good, though. I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. For me, the absolute best bits were Terror in the Mind of God Ooh. and... Like, oh, just that big melodic guitar bit. Like, Powerful whoa. Powerful sense of dread. Yeah. <laughs> and then also, more of Fire Than Blood. Like, it's just got such a epic atmosphere. The chorus of that, it feels so medieval and, like, warlike and strange, yeah. doesn't it? Really taking you somewhere, yeah. I'm glad when my favourite choices are validated by you guys. For me, In the Constellation of the Black Widow, as I say, was one of the first extreme metal songs I ever heard. And I think, in it, you know, well, we talked about Sabbath last week, and it's like when Ozzy's like, oh no, and then yeah. it all crashes in. Yeah. For me, it was when he goes, um, In the Constellation, and then it's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> that was the point of no turning back for me. Mm. That's the moment your fate was sealed. Your eyes just glazed over. Yeah. <laughs> Oil Upon the Swords of Lepers was one of the second oh, songs yeah. I this album, and I, I loved that as well. Blood Eagles Carved in the Backs of Innocence is, in my opinion, almost almost like a perfect extreme metal song. Like, the, the chorus is so fast and thunderous, and then it just goes back, like, full throttle over and over again. Like I mentioned, that little vocal detail they had before, and then there's that just really, like, fucking nuts breakdown halfway through. But I think, for me, my favourite song is probably I Am The Wrath Of Gods and Desolation Of The Earth. Like, the way it goes from that first song into this, it starts in such... It starts with that insane scream, the drum fill, it goes really hard, stops, another fill, goes absolutely crazy, and then there's that, like, noise section. Uh, yeah, fucking hell. It, it makes me want to cry. That's It's it's unreal. I love this album. Damn good album. Damn good. Damn good. Damn oh, good. I love it. I love it. Mm. And I am crying now. Oh. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I wish I was the Wrath of Gods and Desolation of the Earth. Alright, so for our third album this week, let's see how this gallop meets the Earth. It's time for Protest the Hero. So, Protest the Hero are a Canadian prog 
metal band, which right. I don't really like the label prog because a lot of the bands that I like get labeled prog. Yeah. And it feels like a label people pick when the- they don't know what else to call it. <laughs> <laughs> There's no shame in liking prog, Ben. It's okay. I, know. I don't mind saying that I like prog. It's just that it's often when a band is so unusual that they don't know where else to label it. They just go, it's prog. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, so yeah, for sure. In here, I think we've got technical metal, mathcore, which mm. is yeah. itself... Hardcore punk, metalcore, math rock. There's a lot yep. of influences was, going on. There was an ingredients list that didn't appeal to me when, yeah. I, when I saw it written down. <laughs> I thought it might not. <laughs> so the band's been around for um, over two decades now, forming in 1999. Um, they're still active today. Good going. They actually took an interesting approach sort of halfway through their career. They said they were going to forgo records labels and record their own music through Indiegogo. Really? Wow. Yeah. And they actually kickstarted their first album. Now, the figures I'm going to give are probably wrong, but I think they aimed for $125,000 and raised $350,000 in the first 24 hours. Not bad. Wow, that is good. They did pretty well, yeah. But the album we're talking about today is not that album. (laughs) Today, we're talking about... It's raised zero (laughs) dollars. The album we're talking about today is Fortress, which is their sophomore studio album, released in 2008. It's been a long-time favourite of mine. I loved this album throughout secondary school yeah i like a lot of their albums but i think this is my favorite it's like mythical whimsical but also pretty heavy in parts yeah this album's really great i thought you would like it josh and i actually thought you (laughs) may have been familiar with this so i'll start with tom to maybe get the negativity out of the way i don't know how he's gonna feel about this tom what do you think of protest the hero well look when we first met ben i think you were actually wearing a protest the hero shirt Probably, I wore that, that shirt familiar. more nights than not at uni. <laughs> Despite having not listened to them at all, I felt like I could make a pretty safe judgment about the kind of music you liked, and therefore you as well. <laughs> God. It's a wonder luckily, we stay friends, isn't it? <laughs> luckily, that judgment didn't stick, as we well know right now. And so when you put Protoss the Hero up, I was like, right, now this is sort of what I have for a long time believed that Ben was into. This is going to be some sort of weedy, metalcore bullshit kind of thing wow <laughs> and i gotta say i was wrong i was completely fucking wrong i really, me or the really album. <laughs> liked this album this like genuinely i thought this was fucking brilliant wow put the first song on and i was like okay strong start but you know we'll fucking see mate and then <laughs> I'm not quite to, yet. literally like before the end of the song it got to that amazing like vocal part about three minutes in and i was like oh fuck i haven't heard something like that before not for a long time and yeah, I mean, to be honest, from that point onwards, I was sold. Mm. I mean, we'll get into it in more detail. Josh, what was your prior knowledge of this? I, I'd listened to Blood Meat. That was it. I listened to... So I know quite a lot of Volition, that one of the later albums. Oh, that's a great album as well. Yeah. It is a great album. Whenever I listen to Mary Prince the Hero, I really like them. They're, they're a band I really enjoy hearing, but I never really sat down and tried to like get into them. Mm. Yeah. Having actually sat down and listened through Fortress, it was really great. Mm. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. It was really good. It was so catchy. It was really interesting, and it was genuinely, it was genuinely progressive, yeah. which I think a lot of yeah. prog metal doesn't do. Yeah, right. I think this was actually cool, interesting, and different. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, because that I think that's my issue with like prog metal as a label is that there are so many bands in it that you're like, so this is prog. It's progressive. It's meant to be pushing boundaries, and yet I know exactly what I'm going to get here. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, it's become this whole set of new genre trips, whereas these guys are like actually quite weird sounding in like a cool way, yeah, and it unique. works. You know, it's it's dissonant, it's melodic, it's got like weird samples, yeah. it's it's got a strange structure, mm. but it works. Mm. That's it. Is like I was just after the first song, I was like, I really don't know what the next song is going to be like, and I was still like, when it came in, I was like, okay, this is still really strong, but it's also like it's really varied and interesting. My first comparison was Iron Maiden. Okay, yeah. I just thought like, all right, this is all about sort of like guitar work here, you know. But then the vocals reminded me of, and this might sound like a criticism, but it's not. It reminded me of My Chemical Romance, who I fucking love My Chemical Romance, but it's mm. like something about that like very American slightly higher yeah. register almost like almost wailing kind of emotional voice that i know a lot of people don't like and certainly in other done in other ways i don't like it but there was so much force to this and so much kind of yeah. energy behind it that i was like yeah all right this is this is good this is this is hitting the my chemical romance part of my brain and not the sort of what would i say not some shit band part of my brain i <laughs> 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 can't think of anything right now <laughs> on the like vocals um Rody walker is the vocalist and he Are has we talking one vocalist for all of the vocals yes yeah Fuck. one guy it's i know Jesus his range Christ. is insane and yeah. i've seen them live and he does that live you know he goes yeah. from soaring beautiful 
amazing yeah. angelic sections into the most like heavy guttural vocals it's one of those albums that even though i've been listening to it for years sometimes i'll listen to it and be like oh, i forgot about this bit damn this bit's really really good and then you know you forget about those bits again and then rediscover it almost like it's just mm, a gift that yeah. keeps on giving i mean the there was there were parts of this i think um goddess bound or maybe it was goddess gagged to be honest <laughs> can't remember which one it was there was like a vocal moment halfway through where i just went back and listened to it over and over again because i was like yeah it like it just i wasn't expecting it but something that kept coming to my mind was a lot of like pop punk bands yeah which is kind of weird to make that comparison but i don't know i think it does have quite a pop punky energy to it no absolutely some of the later stuff definitely does as well it was going from something that sounded like era mixed with iron maiden to going into something that was like sort of almost like the kind of melody you'd hear in like Blink One Eight Two, yeah. And then other times I was like, "This is like Vector mixed with Cancer Bats." You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Incredible variation. I mean, I remember being like sixteen and being in a, a very mediocre band, trying to learn and largely failing bass guitar, and just being in absolute awe at what these guys were doing. Because I think um, they they started out really young. Mm. Their album before this, um, their like singles and stuff before that. They were in their like teens when they started recording their music, and Crazy. they are just so. All of them are so talented that it's yeah. it's actually Bastards. like I'm not I'm not an envious person, but goddamn incredible! Isn't it? <laughs> I am. Uh, yeah, they made me into one. <laughs> yeah, no, protests are really interesting, actually. I, they always sound cool. In my one ever gig as a music photographer, mm. I actually photographed protests playing live. Oh, wow, okay, yeah. Which is quite an experience. Wow. I, they're a band that has like a lot of like, good memories for me because of the time when I was there, I was working, it was a lot of fun. It didn't even care about the music, it was just such a good vibe, and they play such great songs live, and, and they're such an impressive live band, like, alongside their, like, really cool back catalogue. Mm. Yeah. They're just, like, this album in particular as well, does so many things really well. And it's like a muscular sound as well, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's strong. It's not like, I think one of the things that keeps me away from prog and sloughs that's slightly more melodic is that feeling that it's, like, a little bit flimsy, a little bit weak kind of yeah. thing, but this doesn't feel like that. This feels really tight forceful real a real attack music you know that's true i totally agree but there are like quite i don't know if it's the right word but almost like campy moments in this like i'm pretty sure i heard him say yow at one point yeah (laughs) but it's like the performance is so strong and the the light bits and the heavy bits go together so well that it's just and there's that bit where he's like there's like a sound bite where he's like you want to explore the galaxy Mm. and i was like wait what? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's interesting because songs like Blood Me are ostensibly like really serious, you know? Mm. It's about like fighting Genghis Khan and, you know, yeah. like well, I mean, warfare. I, I was reading about the album and it's, um, you can read about it yourselves, listeners, because I'm, I'm going to butcher this slightly, but it's, um, it's a concept album about goddess worship and it's actually broken into three parts. Oh, because it's nine songs, isn't it? Yeah, and I think it starts off with like something about like divide and conquer or something and then the second portion yeah. is untitled and then... There's the third part, and I can't remember the name of that bit either. This is why I'm saying people should go and read about this, because there's a lot, <laughs> they've obviously put sure. a lot of thought into this. I can't remember it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I thought one thing that was really interesting was that, like, they're singing about, like, battle, warfare, gods, mm. gods and man, that sort of thing. You almost expect a kind of rotting Christ, behemoth, battle metal yeah. sort of thing. But actually, I was it was really satisfying to hear these sorts of things in a song that wasn't also didn't have like some you know every as we've said before atmospheric battle sounds like halfway through mm. it was and that's yeah. why it kind of pulled me back to Iron Maiden in because it's like fun anthemic songs that are about like battle and warfare but it also kind of just made me think of like just traditional poetry in general yeah and it's funny you should say that actually it is like based around the work of Robert Graves who was a Irish poet who focused on like um goddess oh, worship shit. and things so he really? talks about cool. you'll die by Irish steel yeah. yeah 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 exactly and when was uh, Robert Graves around uh, I think like World War One ish okay yeah yeah because yeah. I mean that's the thing is like it feels like it's about war doesn't it you know and like um yeah it reminded me actually of like thematically of the way that like fresh bands sometimes handle subjects of war like you take a band like um dare i say metallica or and um or like testament or something yeah okay we'll cut the metallica reference <laughs> <laughs> lars is already lars is banging on my door right now we only leave in the negative references <laughs> and you, like it's like get me where is <laughs> And, um, you know, these bands are, like, singing about warfare and stuff without doing all the, like, atmosphere and things. And I feel like Mm. Protoss of Hero are doing that as well. But actually, there is really epic stuff in this, almost Nightwish-esque 
stuff in this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it sounds huge, doesn't it? When I was formulating my opinion on this, I was questioning myself why do I like this so much and less so Nightwish. I've got to ask Ben a question. What were you expecting me and Josh to make of this? Yeah, ask a question. I thought Josh was going to love this. Mm. Yep, you're right. I did think you'd be more familiar with their modern stuff. And I feel like I got that right as well. I mean, I only really know Volition. That's the only album I really know. Okay, well, that's, that's that's still modern, so I'm going to give myself another mark for that. And then, Tom, I actually thought you were going to be a convert to this. I hmm. thought you were going to go into it expecting not to like it, and then begrudgingly admit that it was actually quite good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got to say, it's very rare that I'll say something like this. I was pretty blown away. Yeah, yeah. that was my feeling yeah. as well. And, uh, you know, i got to say, I, I, want to, I want to check out some of their other stuff and see if it hits at the same level or if this is just, like, their equivalent of the whole of the lore of, like, this is all their best stuff in one album. Well, so they the album before this was um, Kezia, and I really like that album as well. It's much more punk. Oh, um, okay, yeah. Oh, really? Still very prog, prog yeah. metal, but it's, it's much more punk. And they That's were... Cool apparently um, asked to make something like Kezia again, and they said that they were going to basically make Fortress regardless of the fact of it being, like, less commercially viable. They said, like, yeah. some of the fans of the band will hate it, and some of the people who hate the band will love this, and everyone else can fuck off, basically. <laughs> I like that <laughs> attitude. Just, Honestly, fair? I do. I yeah. think that, you know, yep. like, stick to what you want to do, don't try and impress anyone, mm. write the kind of music you want to hear, and fuck it. Yeah, brilliant. And they are they are a varied band, because I think some of their later stuff, they have like a song about um, the warring fandoms between Star Wars and Star Trek. So, <laughs> nice. like, they, they've Not got a, a range. <laughs> oh, that's clarity, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. One other thing that I want to mention about Protoss Zero is their music videos. I haven't seen any of that at all. I love a good music video, and they, they have some pretty funny ones. The video for Limb from Limb is basically them dressed as the village people <laughs> um, sailing a battleship in, like, a Canadian bay, and... Uh, it's very odd, but very good. And I can't hear Limb from Limb without imagining the lead singer on a on a battleship. <laughs> I was kind of amazed by how many different areas this touches and like everything from like the album artwork to like the lyrics to mm. the fucking insane drums. Yeah, this was this was really good. Good. So, favorite tracks, Tom. I think it would have to be Goddess Bound because the the, the fucking the vocal part that comes in halfway through is just brilliant. That was unreal. Really fucking strong. That's yeah. That's not not one of the tracks that I like go to a lot. Hmm, I, I think I should, yeah. to it again. Yeah. So for me, I gotta say, Blood Me, absolute highlight. Oh yeah. Such a strong track. I mean, like, what else can you say? But also, the other track that really stood out for me was uh, Sequoia Throne. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, that was a good one. So man. good. You know, yeah. it's just... <laughs> in in that track, when he's just... Oh. <laughs> when he's just singing Hellbent on Heaven in, like, this beautiful way saying it over and over again it almost felt like masturbatory because it was just like look at how well i can sing doesn't this sound great <laughs> listen to this i don't even care just... i'll forget it man <laughs> yeah, yeah i will love it i will I love watch him masturbate all day don't worry <laughs> jesus christ yeah i i gotta agree um again i feel like same thing with nightwish i don't want to pick blood meat because it's the obvious choice but i would honestly and this is a big thing for me put blood meat on par with like blood and thunder by mastodon I think it's that really? good of a track. Yeah. Nice. I, I would agree with Josh, though. I think Sequoia Throne and Palms Red. Because it's my choice, obviously, I have to mm. pick three songs. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that bit at the beginning of Palms Red, where it goes from, like, the drum fill intro into the guitars. I actually had just... I just yeah. fucking... I was, like, cycling back from work, and I just, like, laughed out loud. I was like, fuck, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> That was Once by Nightwish. In the constellation of the Black Widow. <laughs> by Anil Nathrak. I appreciate that. And Fortress by Protest the Hero. And I don't know about you guys, I think that was a pretty bloody a good week. Strong oh, yeah. week, man. Yeah. What a and we've got another gig to go to out of it, so that's... Yeah, win-win. But if I have to dress as an elf, I'll... I'm not going to be happy about that. I'm going to be in the crowd and someone's going to be like, ever thought I'd die mushing side by side with a dwarf? <laughs> <laughs> How about mushing side by side with a friend? I couldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bye. Oh, okay, good. But yeah, that was a strong week, I feel. Like, honestly, I'm really hyped to go see Nightwish with you guys. I am going to be a complete emotional mess the whole time, though, so I hope you don't mind. We'll be there. We'll fight together. You'll, you'll, you'll be there for me, thank Brilliant. you. And so, next week, I'm very excited for what we're doing next week is going to be our first special of the season and 
last season we all picked a band for our genre specials, but this season we're trying something a little mm. bit different. And Shaking I have up to say, I'm very excited to be doing a fucking grindcore special next week. <sighs> Rather than reviewing three bands like we might normally do. As you may know, grindcore is a very short genre of music, including micro songs and albums that are only five minutes long. <laughs> so instead, we're going to do six bands. We're talking about Agorapocalypse by Agrophobic Nosebleed, Magruder Grind by Magruder Grind, Life of Grime by Goo Lagoon, Lean Mean Slunding Machine by Slund, The Pain I Have Every Day by Sordo, and Chainsaw Squid's Split with Detroit. It's going to be a good one. You're going to fucking hate it. I can't wait. And somehow the episode's going to be the same It's going to be the longest episode episode we do. (laughs) It better not be. (laughs) If the... the if the episode is longer than the music, we've done something wrong. I went to the States in 2019 and I was staying in this hostel in Boston. I met this girl there and she was like super into grindcore and stuff. And I was saying, oh yeah, I really should a house show. And she's like, Josh, come to Baltimore. I'll, I'll give you a ta- I'll give you a, like a homemade tattoo. We can go to a house show. I would love to get a homemade tattoo and go to a West Coast house show. <laughs> I know. Like to this day, I think my biggest regret is not going to Baltimore and getting a, a shitty homemade it's tattoo. It's a hell of a scene, man. Moshing my. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyone who's interested, I reckon you should watch "Slave to the Grind" in advance of this. It's all on YouTube. It's a, a really tight yeah. documentary about grindcore. Yeah, I also watched that. I watched that a couple of months ago, and it is it good. Is good. Yeah, I would yeah, also yeah. recommend yeah. that. It's to understand why. Why the fuck would anyone <laughs> listen to or create this genre? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to answer, isn't it? It's going to be, yeah. Anyway, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great. And on that note... Thank you for listening. It's been another good week. And yeah, if, if, if you've enjoyed the show, check us out on metalface.show or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're also on Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, and I believe Spotify? We are on Spotify, yeah. We've been... <laughs> we are definitely on Spotify, Josh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, go and... Yeah, um... just search Metalface Podcast and then we'll probably... Yeah, fucking looting. Yeah. All right. Hey, Sounds good talking, guys. Take yeah, it easy. That was 14. I'm loving it. I'll see you next week for some absolute See you next week. Filth. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> do we still do <laughs> buys? Oh, let me just take my socks off. What the? I can't f- record with socks on, mate. Socks, yeah. You record with socks on? I record with boots on mate. my socks are on okay well i never know when i might need to go back to the fridge and there's quite often water in front okay. of the fridge well i'm glad to know that each of our feet are at different stages of dressed or undressed good okay good good <laughs>